0: Fuck is going on with this whole politics business. Uh, the, the stuff about me paddled will nonsense. The scene was actually closed. It was a, a red notice. You just can't call it. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax player. Russia should go away and should shut up. Yeah, we'll try that's that's a dodgy view. I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World, who's been to I have who's been to Peppa Pig World? In December, I'll be in up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, besties. What the actual fuck? Hiya, besties. It's me, Jennifer Wan, and this is what the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business. Or, as this week's episode may as well be called... What the actual fuck is going on in Matt Hancock's WhatsApp? Because, (laughs) wow. Um, There has been a lot going on for midlife crisis Matt, but there's also been a lot else going on, and we are going to go through all of it. And, oh my God. Oh my God. So grab a drink, grab a snack, and get comfy and cosy. Because... This is a mess I can't wait to get into. Okay, so I know what you're going to want to hear about first. And that is completely okay because I'm ready to dive in. But what I want to say before we do is that As funny as some aspects of this may be, what we do need to remember is that what has been unearthed this week is even more evidence that during one of the most dangerous times for our population, at a time when our government should have been seriously working hard to protect us in many cases they couldn't be asked and they were thinking about themselves and protecting themselves rather than protecting the vulnerable in our society um, and I, I i i don't find that particularly funny i i am angry you know, sure, some aspects of the the, the delivery, the, the dialogue that you're going to hear in these messages is, is fucking hilarious, I will openly admit that. But at the root of this is something disgusting. When our government should have been thinking about what was best for the people, they were thinking about themselves. And even now... When all this comes out, they're still thinking about themselves. They're not thinking about what they did. The choices they made that led to thousands of unnecessary deaths. And and they, they they still think there's a way out. They still think they can get away with this. And that's disgusting to me. So, if if perhaps by chance you have no idea what I'm referring to, because you live in a blissful world where you, you are not um constantly assaulted by Matt Hancock related knowledge against your will, um here's what went down. So, Matt Hancock, you may remember, released a, a book, The Pandemic Diaries, which thankfully flopped. We love to see it. Um, In his uh, quest to become a celebrity. He's also been on I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here. He did some army show as well. He showed up at the Jingle Bell Ball. It was a whole thing. He's been working for quite a while to try and brand himself as a celebrity. Um, in preparation for when he stands down at the next election. He's really, really trying it. Um, It was reported this week that he's actually set up his own production company to try and help him on this journey to celebrity life. I hope that goes about as well as his shit book. Um, so, Matt Hancock had his book, The Pandemic Diaries, which, as it all turns out, was ghostwritten by a journalist uh, called Isabel Oakeshott, who does not exactly have a great reputation uh, for doing right by people. And so, as part of the, uh, the construction of this book, I guess, Matt Hancock apparently handed over many, many text messages to Isabel Oakshaw, Uh, I suppose, to help her in, in crafting the narrative. And, hmm. <laughs> well, she's leaked them. <laughs> she's leaked them. Uh, it is important to note, and some people have uh, called out the fact that she, uh, Isabel Oakshaw, um, is, and throughout the pandemic, was anti-lockdown, so there are some people that do believe... Um, that perhaps she had an ulterior motive when it came to this um and that perhaps her her motive is to spread an anti lockdown message so it's important to keep that in mind but a lot of what's in these messages and a lot of what's revealed regardless of your your perspective on lockdowns it shows a lot of negligence from the government and And so I I do think it is worth having a look at them anyway. Um, So one of the first things that came out... (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, ...was more proof, not that it was needed... um, ...that it is very unhealthy uh, for, for our government... ...to have friends in the media... Um, and that sometimes you've got to be careful which media outlets you are trusting. So Matt Hancock sends a text message to George Osborne. So George Osborne is a former Tory MP, former Tory Chancellor and is now uh, or was at the time the editor of the Evening Standard I don't know what his media experience actually was that apparently made him suitable for that role over somebody who actually knew what they were doing. But he got the job anyway, uh, as as things often go in the British media. So <laughs> Matt sends him a text and said, I need to call in a favour tomorrow. I currently have 22,000 spare slots tomorrow at my drive throughs." So he's referring to COVID testing when you used to be able to go and do a drive through test. Um hence I've extended eligibility today. Demand just isn't there. This is obviously good news about spread of virus, but hard for my target. So I really could do with a testing splash, can we make this happen? And George Osborne responds and he says, Yes, of course. All you need to do tomorrow is give some exclusive words to the standard and I'll tell the team to splash it. You're almost there. Send the words to me by eight AM tomorrow. Right, Um, okey-doke. We then see some other text messages between Matt Hancock and George Osborne, in which it becomes very obvious that Matt Hancock is less worried about making sure people have access to the things they need, such as tests and PPE and all that. And he cares more about his personal brand and how he appears to the public. Um, so Matt Hancock messages George Osborne and he's he's sending a tweet to him. And he says, what was this for? And it's a tweet um, that says, George Osborne tells me on Times Radio that Major, was in John Major, Blair, Tony Blair... Brown, Gordon Brown and Cameron, David Cameron, wrote to Johnson privately in July about the need to get a grip on testing. And then George Osborne says, trying to spread the responsibility from you to number 10. I've said it before. So, so George Osborne is out there trying to repair Matt Hancock's reputation. The editor of a newspaper cares more about protecting the reputation of a shit health secretary than he does about the truth. Interesting. And again, perhaps this is why we should not just let any old fucking random be the editor of a newspaper, but, you know... (laughs) My arguments with the British media, like we don't have time. (laughs) We just don't have time. Um, And then Matt replies and he says, Okay, but mass testing is going very well. I fear this looks like you asked for me to be overruled. (laughs) Okay, so this is one of the moments where it becomes funny. And then George Osborne replies and he says, No one thinks testing is going well, Matt. If I wanted a test today, I can't get one unless I fake symptoms. And and then there's a name there that's been redacted. It's still waiting for test results from three weeks ago. We went private in the end. So again, you know. George Osborne has an awareness that testing is not going well, but he's willing to go out and try and protect Matt Hancock's reputation, even though he knows that it shouldn't be protected, because he deserves the bad reputation he's got. And Matt Hancock is delusional about the state of testing. He says, oh, it's going fine. It's going really well. No, no, bitch, it was not. It was not. Just categorically, it was not. Um, So what else did we find out? Well, (laughs) hmm. (laughs) My God. Um, So uh, there was also leaked messages that showed Matt Hancock apparently didn't care for the advice of the chief medical officer. You know, someone who's actually got medical qualifications and knows what the fuck he's talking about. Unlike Matt Hancock, who is just uh, an MP who frankly has been promoted above his competence. Um, So in a message that was leaked he said fine tell me if i'm wrong but i would rather leave it out and just commit to test and isolate all going into care from hospital i do not think the community commitment adds anything and it muddies the waters have that for A Q&A response you are wrong bitch you are you are wrong <laughs> you are wrong um and frankly if 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 Chris Whitty is telling you you're wrong, you're probably wrong. Let's just be real about it. Um, It was also revealed. (laughs) Because it wasn't just Matt. It wasn't just Matt Hancock that got caught in the crossfires of his own leak, effectively. Oh, no, 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 no. Boris got caught as well. Uh, So there was an interesting text exchange when they talked about masks in schools. And here's how it went. So Boris Johnson said this. My God, he texts exactly how I imagined he would. Folks, I am about to I am about to ask, I think he meant be asked, um, ab- about masks in schools. Before we perform another U-turn. <laughs> Christ on a bike. Before we, at least he's self-aware. Before we perform another U-turn, can I have a view on whether they are necessary? And then Matt Hancock chimes in and he said, here is the medical advice. I understand the concern for secondary schools is because teenagers are hanging around in school corridors and hallways. Therefore, the easier answer than responding with face coverings is to say our guidance references one-way corridors, ventilation, etc. And to note that brief encounters as children switch lessons is usually a low risk, i.e. move your kids on instead of introducing face mask requirements. Okay. Um, and then Lee Kane, who was the Prime Minister's Director of Communications... Um, posted a a link, (laughs) a link about, um, kids in, in Scotland wearing face coverings, um, and said, considering Scotland has just confirmed it, I find it hard to believe we will hold the line. At a minimum, I would give yourself flex and not commit to ruling it out. Also, why do we want to have a fight on not having masks in certain school settings? I've been away, though, so Simon and others may have good reason I'm unaware of. So Simon refers to Simon Case, who was the Cabinet Secretary. Um, So. (laughs) Oh, my God. So they, they go back and forth. They go back and forth as, as to whether it's it's a good idea. Boris says this later in the conversation. He says, the trouble is that the current guidance specifically excludes schools. God knows why. It's coming from your government, Boris! What do you mean? Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. And then he laments, in order to allow schools to require face coverings in any part of the school, we'll now have to do a U-turn. Well, maybe if you'd done it right the first time, you would not have to do a U-turn, bitch. People that do things right the first time don't generally have to do that. I'm just saying. So... Uh, Gavin Williamson, <laughs> we all remember him, right? He ended up dragged into this too. So Gavin Williamson um, of Russia Should Go Away and Shut Up fame, um, he decided uh, to uh, to jump in as well in, in a conversation uh, in May 2020. Um, so Matt Hancock, oh dear. This whole thing, man, it's a mess. Mm-mm a mess so Matt Hancock says it hasn't come to me but I know Joe Churchill was asking why can't schools buy their own we're trying to reduce dependence on the central supply system and revert to wholesalers as much as is possible but there must be a way of saying schools can access via LRFs if they have no alternative routes to get hold of any I understand it's a tiny amount in case a child becomes symptomatic at school um So I I believe they are referring to testing kits there. So then Gavin Williamson replies and says, it was basically as a last resort, so they can't use it as a reason not to open. All of them will, but some will just want to say they can't, so they can have an excuse to avoid having to teach. What joys. This man was education secretary at the time, by the way, um, and and appears to have a completely, just, just a fundamentally dreadful understanding of of teachers as a whole and uh, i mean jesus <laughs> jesus christ um he he then also <laughs> he, he then gets caught up in this conversation with matt hancock matt hancock says what a bunch of absolute arses the teaching unions are and gavin williamson responds and says i know they really really do just hate work No, no. In fact, uh, the the truth of it is, lads, that they wanted to keep teachers safe and students safe. That's what it was, actually. It's not that they're lazy. It's not that they're arses. It's not any of that. It's that they wanted to keep the kids they, they were responsible for safe and the staff safe. Literally, that's it. That's the answer. Uh, so Gavin Williamson actually this week ended up uh, responding to this. And he said, further to reports in The Telegraph and other outlets, I wish to clarify that these messages were about some unions and not teachers. As demonstrated in the exchange, I was responding regarding unions. I have the utmost respect for teachers who work tirelessly to support students. Get fucked. Um, these unions represent the teachers. And actually, many of, of the members... Well, all of the members of teaching unions, really, when you think about it, w- would be teachers um, and their representatives would be teachers. So these are people actually in schools, knowing what's going on, knowing what they're going to be dealing with. They know a damn slight better than some dickhead fucking cabinet minister who has no actual experience being in those schools, seeing what they were going through. And he has the fucking audacity. Him and Matt Hancock have the fucking audacity to disrespect them. Get fucked. Get fucked. Um, It just... Oh, my God. Uh, They then decided uh, to to have a little... uh, A little laugh about Piers Morgan getting COVID, effectively. Um... I I don't I don't like Piers Morgan but anybody getting covid is is not funny it's not a joke it's not something to have a little lol about in the group chat it's not funny he could he could have become seriously ill he could he could have died anybody could because it's it's such an unpredictable virus the shit is not funny Matt Hancock and friends Fuck me! So Matt Hancock puts a message in this this fucking group chat, and um, it's a tweet from Piers Morgan, where he he says that he he is waiting for results for a COVID test because he's had some mild symptoms and he's had a test, so he's waiting for the results, and Matt Hancock says. Tempting as it is, I probably shouldn't comment on this, but a few colleagues pointing out kindly that he can only have a test because of the ramp up of testing in the next week would in the past week would be good. So immediately he decides he wants to make a man's potential COVID diagnosis about himself and get a dig in and make himself look real big. Like what the fuck, man? Um, but what makes it worse is that everybody in the group chat gasses him the fuck up and just goes along with it. These people are insane. Um, so Alan Nixon, who was a special advisor for the Department of Health, said, I'll see what I can do. Um, there's somebody whose name has been redacted, I wonder why that is, who said, Hope he got it on the NHS. <laughs> so funny. Um, more special advisors. Um, one of them says, you should tweet him best wishes, totally straight, wish him all the best and hope he's okay, be really classy, and then get others to point out how classy you are being, these people are actual sociopaths, what the fuck, what the fuck, bitch, what the fuck, oh my god, Oh my god. Now the, there's some of these message exchanges that are just cringe and hilarious. And I'm gonna share one with you now because I feel like we need to lighten the mood a little. So um <laughs> there's one where he texts George Osborne um and said, Just listen to the BBC profile piece. Thanks for bigging me up. <laughs> and then George Os- <laughs> I'm sorry, this reply sends me. George Osborne replies and he says, Of course. You are big now. (laughs) (laughs) Not this. What does it mean? Oh, my God. You are big now. And I am proud of how you are coping and handling yourself. Oh, if only he'd stuck to handling himself instead of other people. Maybe his marriage wouldn't be in tatters. But, um... (laughs) And uh now back to the shit. Back to the horror of this situation. Um So Matt Hancock gets a text from Damon Paul, who's a special advisor, um, and says FYI mail online just rang saying they have footage taking a walk. Um in London in a park, claiming he's going against the rules, have asked them to share. Um, and then sends a link uh to an article that the Mail wrote, which is headlined Matt Hancock is filmed out in London Park after Boris Johnson's national plea to stay home this weekend. Um so this was quite um this is early 2021. Um and and Matt says if you need a line, say, as you can see, Matt was outside for exercise. I think I look great. <laughs> well, you didn't. You didn't. You look like a buffoon. Christ on a bike. Um. And then we got some blue on blue violence coming up. If you like that sort of thing. So, uh... <laughs> God. Oh my God. Um so I oh Matt Hancock, uh perhaps not the biggest fan of Rishi Sunak. Um so there was there was a a message exchange um in which <laughs> in which uh, his advisor said sorry I'm just in the middle of dinner can I call you back in 20 and Matt Hancock replies and says dinner isn't that illegal Christ the advisor responds and says not anymore all thanks to Rishi and then Matt says he hasn't launched another eat out to help the virus get about has he (laughs) it's so funny that the chancellor at the time put the economy ahead of people's safety (laughs) fuck off matt jesus christ the advisor then responds and says got to give the virus a fighting chance given how well you're doing with vaccines and testings right now fuck me like okay Firstly, I think it's delusional to pretend that that at that time, because this was December 2020, it's delusional to pretend that actually, you know, things were going really great. Um, But to joke about how you've got to give the virus a chance at all that Fuck off. Fuck off. And then, of course... (laughs) Oh, God. Oh, God. You may remember... You've probably had nightmares about it. Matt's affair. Dun, dun, dun. It was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. It was absolutely the worst of times. Um, so if you, if you may be, if you're not sure of what I'm talking about, because, you know, some people have been spared the horror. Um, Matt Hancock had an affair uh, with one of his aides um, and... He was, he was caught in 4K and it ended up in the papers. Um, yikes, 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 yikes. So um, here's how he responded. He said, how bad are the picks? And a special advisor, Damon Paul, responds and says, it's a snog and heavy petting. Listen, not to be one of those, like, Brits who hates the Brits, but sometimes I hate how British people talk about, like, you know, intimacy and shit. Like, that's cringe. What, what is even that? So then Matt says, how the fuck did anyone photograph that? <laughs> well, maybe if you hadn't have been doing it, nobody would have photographed it, bitch. So, Damon doesn't know. He says, fuck knows. Did you snog her in the department? Matt says, yes. Where about office and balcony? Balcony, offers Damon. He's saying, maybe they got you on the balcony, mate. Matt says, possibly. Actually, I think not. (laughs) Matt then clarifies, he definitely kissed her in the office. There's also a, a message here from Gina, the aide in question. Uh, the unfortunate woman on the other side of that kiss, who said, I do not believe we broke any laws. <laughs> right, darling. Uh, so Matt says, that was guidance, not the law! With an exclamation point. He's really passionate about this, but not passionate about keeping his marriage going or protecting vulnerable people. Um, so he says, so what's wrong with no laws were broken? Or there is no suggestion that any laws were broken. Mr. Hancock has apologized for not following guidance in these circumstances. No laws were broken. He then replies in all capitals, like nobody else has responded while he's going on this like rant. And then he just replies in all capitals we didn't break the fucking law, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved to see him like frantically typing that and going like really red and angry that that would be funny to me, I feel. Um, camp. That's hilarious. Um so then <laughs> Oh god uh so then there's some more messages where gina says they've clearly been watching the whole bloody time well listen darling maybe if you weren't up to bad things nobody like there'd be nothing for them to see. this is the thing if you don't do bad shit no one can have anything on you like me personally i'm not afraid of someone being able to blackmail me or like put all my secrets out there for people to see because i don't fucking have any i don't do bad things I don't do anything that's blackmail worthy. (laughs) Like literally, literally. I was, I mean, I was actually talking to to someone about this the other day. Um, Not Matt Hancock's sexual activities, obviously, but blackmail as a thing. And and I said, well, I'm I'm never afraid of it. Because I have, nobody could blackmail me with anything. Blackmail me with what? For what reason? Like, I, that's the thing. If you don't do bad shit, you don't have to worry about being blackmailed. These people only have themselves to blame and I don't feel sorry for them. Um, Matt Hancock then, <laughs> he's back in all caps. He's freaked the fuck out. He said, someone installed a camera in my office without telling me! Exclamation mark. Okay, girl. <laughs> oh my God, this man is a mess. Um... And he's also a massive security risk, not just because he can obviously be blackmailed, but also because somehow someone was able to get a camera into his office and he didn't fucking know about it. I mean, bro, (laughs) bro. He also, uh, when discussing the gross scenes that we all had inflicted upon us, said, crikey, not sure there's much news value in that. And I can't say it's very enjoyable viewing. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, God. Um, He was also asked by Gina, do you think I should step back tonight for papers tomorrow? So saying, you know, should I quit my job where I work with the man that I've had an affair with um, during... A, a lockdown when I should not have had my hands all over him. Should I, should I resign? And Matt says, no, definitely not. It adds pressure on me to go. <laughs> Get you a man that doesn't give a shit about you. Wow. <laughs> I'm Look, I'm not trying to be rude to the girl, but... Get some self-respect, darling. You should have left him then and there because he does not give a shit about you. He cares about himself only. Like, Literally he only cares about himself and that that was the flag that was the reddest of red flags you have ever seen in your life ever ever seen in your life um (laughs) Uh, he also matt hancock uh was asked what he wanted grant shaps to say when questioned about this whole kerfuffle and he said this i understand this is very recent an appointment the appointment long predates this and no rules have been broken. Matt's done an amazing job in tough circumstances and I think we should leave personal matters alone since no suggestion any rules have been broken. So again, he is obsessed with his image. He is obsessed with his image. He does not care about anything else. He literally just cares about his himself, his image and his ability to just show off and be this fucking... Brand, he he just does not care about anything. He doesn't care about the people he let down by not doing his job properly. He doesn't care about the family he abandoned. He does he doesn't give a shit. He didn't he does not even care about the the woman that he had this affair with. He doesn't give a shit about her either. If it's not him, he's not interested. Um. So he then also asked. Um, he wanted to know what the rules were on the date and he was he was busying his advisors to find out for him um (laughs) absolutely pathetic absolutely pathetic um so he said the worst they can do is kissed before they legalized hugs we didn't go anywhere that it wasn't okay to as work colleagues fucking hell The absolute audacity of this man. I swear down. Um, One of the other things that was found out in these leaks. Was. um, Jesus Christ. That Matt Hancock worked to cover up rising cases. During Eat Out to Help Out. So uh, there was a text exchange between Matt Hancock and Simon Case. Um, in which he said, just want to let you know directly that we've had lots of feedback that Eat Out to Help Out is causing problems in our inter- intervention areas. I've kept it out of the news, but it's serious. So please, please, let's not allow the economic success of the scheme to lead to its extension. So... So he knew, and, and the government knew, because he, he also informed others in, in the government about this. They knew that Eat Out to Help Out was spreading the virus, particularly in areas that already had high levels of cases and so were particularly vulnerable areas. And Matt Hancock covered it up tried to hide it from the media and at no point was there seemingly an effort just just at no point was there any effort to shut it the fuck down because the economy was more important than people's health to this government like that. that's it there's no other way to see it really there just isn't i Jesus christ um there's also messages between matt Hancock and simon case where he's he's they they're just they're laughing at the poor conditions for quarantines when people were were entering the u k uh during the pandemic um so <laughs> Simon Case says, any idea how many people we locked up in hotels yesterday? And Matt Hancock says, none, but 149 chose to enter the country and are now in quarantine hotels due to their own free will. And Simon Case says, hilarious. No, it's it's not hilarious, actually. I remember at the time there were a number of people um, who, who talked about the really bad conditions that they were kept in in those quarantines. And how it was incredibly difficult. Because obviously they were in there for a while. And and Matt Hancock's just joking about it as if it's funny. It's not fucking funny, bitch. It's not funny at all. It's yet another failing from that government. That That's just, that's what it is. It's not funny. It's failure. So... Oh, my God. So, then Matt Hancock, uh, in, in a message exchange with an advisor, says... We frighten the pants off everyone with the new strain. But the complication with that Brexit is taking the top line. Then so Damon Paul responds and says, "Yep, yeah, that's what will get the proper behaviour change. And Matt Hancock says, When do we deploy the new variant? So... I would say... Um, I I would say that they are trying to um, decide when to tell people that a new variant has emerged. But the trouble with this is that there are some people who, if they want to, and, and some people do want to, will read this as the government made it up to frighten people. Which... I, I have no faith in, in the Conservative Party and certainly not in Man Hancock. But what I will say is I don't think that they would pull a variant out of their arse just to make people do as they were told. Um, I I think perhaps they would have been strategic about when they told us about legitimate variants that, that were occurring. Um, but the... the the way that this is worded, because they're all jokey and they're fucking being dumb and Matt Hancock handing these texts over to someone he knew was a lockdown sceptic who has now leaked this in a way that makes it look like they potentially made this shit up. Well done, Matt Hancock. Well done. You're a fucking idiot. I... God. It was... uh... Oh, my God. It was it was reported by Mikey Smith at The Mirror this week that Matt Hancock has apparently told lawyers he should have immunity from court action over care home deaths during the pandemic. Um, so currently, um, reviews would have the Secretary of State be legally responsible for any failings rather than the government as a whole. So Matt's trying to get out of it. I don't think that's going to happen somehow, Matt. I really, really don't. Um so Oh my God. Oh my god. Uh there's also a text exchange which shows Matt Hancock signing off on the government not publishing a watch list of the worst affected areas uh across the UK when it came to COVID basically because it it would be it would look bad for the government <laughs> um and it would be helpful for them if if they didn't it would help them to craft the narrative they wanted to so yeah. fucking hell fucking hell um and 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 to to finish off I'll I'll bring you another sort of cringe and slightly hilarious one just to bring us back up because I think maybe we're a little bit depressed after all that um An exchange between Matt Hancock and Michael Gove. Oh, my God, Michael Gove. (laughs) I do... (laughs) So, um, Matt Hancock says, what are we trying to achieve in this meeting? And then Michael Gove says, letting people express concerns in a therapeutic environment before you and I decide the policy. And then Matt says, you are glorious. One min. And then Michael Gove says, six days later, I love you. <laughs> he, it was, I heart you, because he's, he's just a heart emoji. I, <laughs> <laughs> what? What? What is this? Why did Michael Gove leave him on red for six days and then just send that? What on earth? What in the world? <laughs> I d- I don't even I don't, I don't even know what to say. I don't I don't know. I <laughs> I just don't know. Um, my God. Um, so Isabel Oakshaw has been doing media rounds, talking about all this. Um, she said. That she received a somewhat menacing message at 1.20 in the morning from Matt Hancock after some of these messages were revealed. And she said that she didn't tell him that she was going to be um, leaking all this stuff uh, to the Telegraph in advance. So he found out when everybody else did, which... I mean, that's a little bit camp, I'm not going to (laughs) lie. uh so matt hancock how did he respond he he has called the league a massive betrayal and said that he's hugely disappointed <laughs> well he'd know all about massive betrayals wouldn't he um <laughs> and uh it's also um been alleged that um that civil servants may sue for a breach of GDPR law. Um, and <laughs> that there are some pushing for the government to come after Matt Hancock um, after this leak of, of these many, many messages. And the fact that he he sent them to a, a journalist. For th- I, I I don't even actually know why he did that. Like, that's the one thing I can't really understand. Because... Couldn't he just tell her what happened? Like, that's the whole thing with ghostwriting. You just say, this is what happened. You you don't give them confidential shit like that. Especially not someone like her. Girl. Um, (laughs) So, we'll have to see what happens. There might be um, more more of Matt's messages that we end up seeing. I don't know. Um, But we'll... uh, (laughs) We'll find out in the future, I guess. So, in case you didn't know, I spend a lot of time on Twitter because I've lost control of my life. Uh, Well, no, in fairness to me, I've had a Twitter account since 2009, which is... Christ, that's a very long time. It's a very, very long time. Um, I remember I was in sixth form when I first got Twitter. And I I remember doing a presentation in one of my classes about how Twitter was going to take off. And it was going to be like this big thing. And basically just like promoing Twitter. And everyone in my class was like, what the fuck are you talking about? What's a Twitter? (laughs) Because they were still in their Pixo eras. You know, if you know, you know. And so they didn't believe me. And they thought, nah, Twitter, what the hell is that? And I was like, but all the cool people are on it. Like me and Stephen Fry? Anyway, it turns out I was right, but like in the worst way, because Twitter is is huge now, but it's also a fucking mess. Why have I started talking about Twitter? <laughs> well, I wanted to I wanted to share something with you. Um because oh it's been a lot of messy shit on twitter this week <laughs> um and and it's only monday as i record this i'm recording this a little early and i'll, I'll put it into the episode wherever it fits um so <laughs> one of the first messy 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 things i saw on the internet on twitter.com uh well the twitter app because i i don't use the web version um for convenience reasons. I saw a little post from Scottish Labour. <laughs> Graphic design is their passion. It really is. It is their reason for being. Um, so <laughs> they posted. I, I think this was an attempt at a meme. But it's... Girl. It's, it's not stunning, darling. It's it's not cute, it's not gorgeous. So um it's like a field and there's like a, a busted looking wagon and <laughs> it says at at the top the wheels are off the SMP wagon. They they really tried it, girl. Um, and then they've got oh my god, like they photoshopped <laughs> They photoshopped Ash Regan, Kate Forbes, and Hamza Youssef into this wagon, right? I don't know why they have used these pictures. It's a little strange because Hamza is is on his phone in this picture they've chosen, just like not, just not engaging. Ash is like mid sentence, I think, and Kate Forbes is. I mean, she's she's wearing a smashing blouse, I'll tell you that, but they they photoshopped this. Cowboy hat thing on her head, really, really badly. Like it, mm, like a Snapchat filter could do a lot better of a job. I'm just (laughs) go. It just it sent me. I was like, "What is this? What (laughs) you paid people for this? Go, go." Like I don't mean to drag people, but this is embarrassing this is embarrassing um so i, I guess <laughs> i guess uh really really poorly made memes are how the labor party intends to win back scotland <laughs> okay baby all right i'm i'm sure that that everyone feels really uh threatened by that um <laughs> I'm sorry, just that the hat placement on Kate Forbes is killing me. Like, it's actually killing me. Like, knife in the face. Like, I'm I'm screaming. Like, it is murdering me. It's so bad. I She didn't deserve this. Come on, no one deserves this. My God. My God. Um, but the Twitter nonsense did not end there. Because, uh, ben bradley who's a conservative mp and also inexplicably a councillor um he decided to also post a shit meme and so it's a picture uh because he is the mp for mansfield so it's a picture of the welcome to mansfield sign with man crossed out and replaced by them and then like a, like a poorly photoshopped in picture of Sam Smith, who is, do you know, it's really weird because I, <laughs> I just, I just did a podcast on my, on one of my other podcasts where I talked about Sam Smith, so if you, if you want to listen to that, you can check that out, um, and so Sam Smith, if you didn't know, is a pop star, and they are, they they've got everybody talking these days because everybody is mad at them, Because they dressed as the devil, they won a Grammy, Uh, they did a camp music video that was fun. Uh, There was, okay, let me me talk about this. There was this clip that went viral (laughs) of Sam Smith on The One Show, and they talked about how they like fishing, which I guess that's a surprising reveal, you know, you're one of the biggest pop stars right now, you know, going to glamorous parties, wearing ridiculous outfits, drinking champagne and shit, but you, you, you go fishing to relax. That's surprising. So the host was surprised. And Sam Sam decided to play a little joke. So... <laughs> and it's, it's funny because if you watch the clip, you can see that Sam was about to refer to themselves as a fisherman, but then stopped and said a fisher them and was grinning and laughing because it was a joke but some for some reason there are some people that took the joke really personally like people were acting as if sam smith was going to come to their home and gun down everyone they loved if they were not referred to as a fisher them like people were really acting like Sam Smith was about to walk into Buckingham Palace and do something unholy to Charles or something. It was a joke babes like it was a, it, they were clearly joking. They I mean, were clearly joking. Like, you could see that they were trying to suppress a little giggle. Like, it was it was a joke. It was a joke. It was a cute moment. And people lost their shit. Um, And so now this whole discourse about Sam Smith and, you know, their preferred pronouns and, and their gender and everything has become a whole fucking thing. And I guess Ben Bradley decided this was the moment that he wanted to try and join in. And start obsessing over Sam and trying to have little digs at them. Because I don't know, I, I guess this bitch needed a distraction from how shit the government <laughs> that he serves in is. Um and I guess you know attacking a popular music artist will uh, will do that. It was it's embarrassing, man. I would say that i feel that this is beneath ben bradley but actually i don't think it is um <laughs> you know you have to have some kind of decency some kind of morals for it to be beneath you and i don't believe that he does um this is the same guy who was walking around saying that some people should be sterilized you know <laughs> some people uh should be fucking sterilized um poor people should be sterilized in his view so no I don't think it's beneath him I I just think he's dreadful um oh my god and look at his twitter right now (laughs) uh he's he's pissed off about a music video um I don't I've never seen this music video before I don't know what this is he's quote tweeted a, a video and it's um it's some ladies oh that's a lovely powerpuff girls top that's amazing I want that um they're having fun they're dancing. I think they're in a garage. Okay? Yeah, they're they're just having fun they they're dancing. Um and and he has quote tweeted it and said, "You can't sing Delilah and we'll edit the lyrics to the Pogues at Christmas, but this this is a tune." The slow and painful degradation of our social norms and values summed up in one video. This is not progress. This is retrograde. It damages our kids. Oh my God, grow up, mate. Oh, <laughs> bitch, really? Listen, here's the thing. Here's the tea. And I, And you know what? I. Interestingly enough, like I said... I did talk about this on my other podcast when I was when I was talking about um Sam Smith, but also artistry in general. Here's the thing, right? Artists are not the parents of all of the kids around the world. Parents have a responsibility um to be mindful of what their children are consuming entertainment-wise. This podcast, for example, I swear all the time and I say dreadful, dreadful things. If I had children, I would not let them listen to this. I would not let them listen to this at all because it's not appropriate for children. This show is not appropriate for children. That's why wherever you're downloading this from, it will be marked as explicit because it is. It is. And I would imagine that this music video is probably marked, you know, age-restricted or explicit or something like that because the the label for... I'm, I'm sorry, I, I don't know the artist. Um, and <laughs> I'm recording this on my phone, so if I click to open the video and stuff like that, my phone's going to freak out and stop recording. But nevertheless, um, I would imagine that their label or their distributor will have put those safeguards in place because if you don't, your shit will get taken down off of stores and platforms. If you, for example, uploaded a song for distribution and it had a whole bunch of swear words and adult content and stuff like that, and you didn't mark it as explicit, as soon as that was made apparent to the stores, they would take it the fuck down. They would. Because that's how distribution works for, for music, for music videos, um for a lot of different types of content that's how it works artists and content creators have to do the work to mark their their content accordingly because if they don't they will be punished for that their their work will will be taken off the platform right so Those safeguards are put in place so that parents can make informed decisions. If you have a kid and they have, for example, an iTunes account, it is on you as a parent to make sure that you you utilise the safety features that are there for you. And I'm sorry, but it's wild that a a sitting MP is pretending that he does not know this. A counsellor is pretending he doesn't know this. He absolutely knows this. He is just trying to start drama and to act as if (laughs) the degradation of of our society comes from music videos. No. Do you know where it comes from, Ben? It comes from your fucking government refusing to fund services for young people and, and for vulnerable people. That's the degradation of society. The fact that your government will not invest in young people will not invest in our public services, that is a degradation of society. Not some girls having a laugh and making a music video. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry, but this is clownery of the highest fucking order. This is ridiculous, high cringe content, and I hate it. So the SMP leadership contest is still underway. The candidates have been at hustings all week this week, as well as doing a bit of media. So there's been a little bit going on. And next week, dun, 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 we've got some debates. Um, I know that Channel 4 is doing one. I I don't think they've confirmed a date for that yet, but I do know that STV has a debate on Tuesday, the 7th of March at 9 pm. And I was thinking, um we could do that together. We could do a reaction for that. We'll, we'll do a reaction episode, it'll be camp. Um, so <laughs> I I will be giving you all my thoughts on that. Um, wow. On on Tuesday, or well, that might come out Wednesday morning, maybe. I don't know because I got to edit it and stuff. So, um. Uh, but what have our candidates been up to during this week? Well, um, hmm, a number of things. <laughs> it's all it's all been going on. I mean, obviously, Matt Hancock's ridiculous shenanigans have um. Have taken up a lot of press attention, but the SNP leadership election has also got its fair share of coverage. A surprise uh, defender for Kate Forbes, um, who has faced some criticism, um, in regards to her personal views, she has been defended by Jacob Rees-Mogg. Um. So he he wrote a a column and he said the vilification do you want me to try and do it in his voice okay wait wait, wait. i've got to try and channel a haunted victorian doll here we go the vilification of Kate Forbes over her religion is a canker in the body politic. The last Scottish female public figure treated so badly was Mary, Queen of Scots. That was not his voice at all, but you know what I mean? We had fun. Um. So he he's written this whole thing about how basically anybody criticising Kate Forbes is horrible and persecuting her for her religion which is a weird flex because as I said last week even Kate Forbes uh w- was happy to admit that there were some people who were just genuinely hurt and had questions and wanted to have discussions so um I feel like this was an unnecessary intervention um and we didn't need to hear from you Jacob Bruce mogg she she's a grown woman. She can she can stand for herself. She doesn't need you to jump in and do this shit. Uh, especially because this piece of writing, uh, there was a picture of Kate Forbes, and it just the whole thing felt patronizing. You know they've captioned the picture. You know and there's a little reference to her appearance. I just mm, I don't like this. I don't like this. Um, I I feel like when it comes to, um, when it comes to the to the two women in this race, actually, um, and I'm going to talk about another issue that's that's been happening. There's kind of two sides of of misogyny. Okay, so when it comes to Kate Forbes, there's a whole lot of men jumping in and. And speaking for her and um, rushing to her defence when she's not actually being attacked. And she herself has said she's happy to have conversations and she wants to connect with people and she's she's fine. She doesn't need these men rushing in as if she's incapable and she's some scared little girl that can't handle herself. Um, and, you know, so you have these men that are underestimating her. Pretty much because she's a woman, because I have not seen any of these men do the same thing for Humza Youssef, who is also facing questions about his religion and how it would affect him as first minister. Um, But these these men are treating Kate Forbes like she's a little girl that can't stand up for herself and can't have grown up normal conversations with people about how, you know, how she would be as First Minister. She she can handle herself. She's fine. She doesn't need Jacob Rees-Mogg to come to her defence. She's not... Leave her the fuck alone. Mind your business, Jacob. But then you've also got another side of misogyny. Um, and... The, do you know what? This, this, this might be controversial, but I'm going to fucking say it anyway. There are a lot of people that are trying to imply that Ash Regan is thick. I think she's dumb. But she I don't I don't think that she is. I don't think she is. From the beginning of this contest, there have been, and again, it's primarily men doing this, um, people trying to imply that she's dumb. Um, that she doesn't have the capacity to form her own ideas, um, that that she is a puppet for other people. Um and again, that, that stems from misogyny, in my opinion. Um, there was one moment in a Hustings, and, and I want to talk about this in a little more depth. Okay, so she used some unfortunate wording, okay? She, she, she talked about a readiness thermometer, all right? Now, listen. 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 I understand what she was trying to say. I think she just, she didn't quite get the words right that time, but I have seen her in Hustings after that point where she has articulated the same idea, but she's been able to get herself across better and she's she's been able to make, you know, make the whole thing a lot clearer and it's actually a decent idea. I think it was just like one moment and people have jumped on that. And again, they're jumping in with, she's dumb. She's thick. She's a bimbo. And I'm like, mm-hmm, that's interesting uh, that you would say that. And it's interesting that you'd say it like that too about a woman. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, because there is um, in, in politics w- w- with women, there, there's normally three ways that women in politics are treated okay so you've got someone like ash who you know who is going to be treated like like she's dumb like she's a bimbo like she can't think for herself like she's stupid then you've got someone like kate who's going to be babied and treated like she can't look after herself and she can't speak for herself and then you've got someone like nicola sturgeon who th- everybody will go on about how she's a bitch and she's horrible and she's she's evil and she's terrible and she's terrifying so it's like the three things you know you're either you're either dumb or you're a baby or you're a bitch and <laughs> over the course of this contest we've kind of seen all three um in play and I'm done with it so let's talk about the readiness thermometer okay um <laughs> I don't think she she actually <laughs> I, I don't think she's wedded to the thermometer per se right so what she was really trying to get across is that there is an obvious desire from quite a number of people within the smp as well as the wider independent supporting movement for public information on the progress towards scottish independence right and that any leader is going to have to address that and some kind of public information about that and the example she gave was was a, a public installation that's available for anyone to see but you know she's later clarified that you know there are other ways to do it it doesn't have to be a thermometer but something that people can go to and understand easily and see okay this is where we are this is what's going on um Is going to be necessary. Because there are some within the party. And within the wider movement. That believe. That things are moving too slow. And they're going to want. Transparent information. About the progress. The readiness thermometer. (laughs) Maybe that's a bit of a shower thought. And it's kind of giving the Ed Stone. You remember when Ed Miliband was like. I'm going to write my pledges on some stone. And stick it out in public. It's a bit that. But it is smart of her to be trying to come up with some kind of way to give supporters of Scottish independence and party members a way to see the progress and to hold her potential government to account. That is actually smart. Perhaps she... You know, the, the, the example she gave was perhaps not incredible. But like I said, she's, she's finessed the idea, you know, after a couple of days. And the idea itself was not, was not bad. I I think people just jumped on it because they wanted to call a woman dumb. Um, and that, to me, is an issue. That's a little bit fucking problematic. What else is a little bit fucking problematic? Um, well, <laughs> um, some man who writes a column for The Times, some fucking man, um, he wrote a column and he said, um, this is dumb as fuck. And this is a theme we're going to get into because it happened, in a sense, to another one of our candidates. So, look, it's not my fault. It's not my fault if dumb men in the media are are doing this, okay? It's not my fault. So this man, um, he wrote a column and he said, SNP leadership candidate Ash Regan is just Alex Salman's sock puppet. I want to ban men from writing columns until we find out what the fuck is going on. Um. So basically his whole point was, She's dumb and she can't think of her own ideas. And, you know, she's obviously just being used because nothing that she could think of is obviously her own idea. It's obviously come from a man because she's too dumb to think of things herself. Misogyny. Shut up. Shut up. Like, (laughs) if you don't like her ideas, that's fine. If you don't like her, that's fine. But to imply that... A fucking dude is behind all of her that shut the fuck up. I'm not having it. <laughs> no. There was then, um, girl, there was then this big reveal that we were supposed to all be horrified by that Kate Forbes, um, her husband, attended a Tory hustings during the Conservative leadership contest. And this was supposed to be tea because you had to be a member to get in, right? So the implication is, her husband's a Tory. Oh my God. Guys, her husband is a fucking t-. Okay. And what? Look, okay, so we can perhaps accuse her of having bad taste, but like, he is not standing for the leadership, He's not going to be first minister. She's standing, not him. What he does is is not... It should not be connected to her campaign. She can't control this man. If he wants to join a different political party, she can't stop him. And she shouldn't be held responsible for what he does unless she is directly involved which she is not kate forbes is not a member of the conservative party kate forbes didn't go to his fucking hustings did she no so leave her alone that's not anything to do with her but again it's misogyny because would they go after a man with this shit no they would not no they would not um it's oh it's just dumb i i feel like this week um the big message from from this week in in the s and leadership contest is there are a lot of people within um certainly within political media um and and things like that who who will go after women and they don't even try and hide it they 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 don't try and hide it they don't care they don't care um Homeza Yusuf did things too this week by the way. <laughs> I, I haven't even talked about the boy. I'm so sorry. Um, so <laughs> Hamza, sweetie, I'm sorry. Um, so this week Hamza was a little bit caught up in some things. So I regret to inform you, we are once again back on the uh gay rights discourse because um it just <laughs> It just continues. So, uh we did a little digging. You remember last week, and we were looking to to check he wasn't homophobic, and we did kind of come to the conclusion that he he's not he's not homophobic. Um, because there were accusations that he deliberately tried to miss um the the vote the final vote on gay marriage in Scotland, um. Guess who decided to intervene? Guess who? It's a surprise. It's Alex Salmond. He he just... He popped up on Sky News and he had some things to say. Um, so he uh, he said that he received a call 10 days before the vote on equal marriage saying that Hamza Yusuf had arranged a government meeting on the same day and that he did so because he had received pressure from religious groups. Um, so it's the same kind of claim that we had last week. Um, but another person coming forward to say it. Humza Youssef has again denied this. The difficult thing with this is that the people coming forward and saying that Humza Youssef purposefully missed the vote, they are offering no actual proof. But at the same time. Neither is Hamza Youssef. So. But. What we do have. Is. You know. We, we did a little research. Last week. And we looked into it. And I. I just. Especially because. Since that time. And also before that time. Hamza Youssef had been publicly supportive. Of the LGBT community. Has been present for votes that you know, that led to advances in rights for LGBT people. I just, I find it hard to believe that he would go out of his way to miss that specific vote, but still be present for other key moments and still be publicly um, putting forward support for the LGBT community. It just doesn't really make a lot of sense. Um that he would go out of his way to avoid that one thing but then just continue to be supportive of the lgbt community it just it's not the maths un, is is not mathing i'm afraid and i i would need to see um some actual evidence from from the people making these claims to be honest before i could look at this again because This is... This is, like, the third week in a row that we're having to talk about this. And that is really unfortunate. Um, Because people keep coming out with, you know, he said, she said kind of stuff. And I... I just... We're going to need something bigger than that. We are going to need something bigger than that, I'm afraid. Um... So we've got the debates next week. It'll be interesting to see what the situation is, what's going to happen. I'm excited. I'm feeling, I'm feeling positive. I still, I'll be real with you, I still don't know who I'm going to vote for. I, I just don't know. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how things unfold. And um, I'll keep you updated. So, this week was St. David's Day. Happy St. David's Day to all of my friends in Wales. I hope you enjoyed your special day. I I just have to say this. I found out a little sus that quite a few people on the Tory front benches were not wearing their daffodils. I was playing Poppy Watch, but like with daffodils when I was watching PMQs, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm-mm. I'm sorry. I'm certain. Are you? Are you not participating today? Wow, that's not cute. That's not gorgeous. So uh, <laughs> I I doubt very heavily that the government will actually acknowledge this. They'll probably just do the same bullshit. The prime minister does not believe in pinning things to his lapel, and I don't know. I guess you know Dominic Raab and Suella Braverman joined him in solidarity. I, but yeah. Anyways. But, yes, I hope everybody had a lovely St David's Day, however you were celebrating. um here's something to not celebrate because this this shocked me when this when I, when I saw this, oh my God, so apparently the UK government was considering a cull of cats during the COVID crisis. Pardon, what? Excuse me? Now listen, I didn't have a cat officially at the time, but my next door neighbours, they had a cat called Marmalade. And Marmalade would come to my house to hang out quite a lot and we would have fun. And she was great and we loved her. I miss her every day. She's not dead, I just moved to a different house. And if the government had turned up at my at my house and said, Have you seen Marmalade? I would have I would have hidden her. Uh, they would not get her. I would not let it happen. And I don't, I don't know anyone that would have allowed for that. I really, really don't. Um. So <laughs> former health minister James Bethel said on Channel 4 News. What we shouldn't forget is how little we understood about this virus. There was a moment we were very unclear about whether domestic pets could transmit the disease. In fact, there was an idea at one moment that we might have to ask the public to exterminate all the cats in Britain. Can you imagine what would have happened if we wanted to do that? Yes, James, I can. Anarchy. Anarchy. And potentially just riots and things like that. Because God help us, we people on this mad little island, we love cats. So that would, no way, no way. I wouldn't have let them. Be. Marmalade, if you're listening, I would never have let them get you. Never in a million years. I would, I, I would have gone to jail for you. I would have done time for you, darling, I promise. Um. So <laughs> this week in PMQs as well, Um. there was uh, a... <laughs> Basically, Keir Starmer, um, he he did this sort of. It was this dreadful, clunky, over rehearsed thing. It was really cringe and embarrassing and weird. And uh, (laughs) the Westminster leader for the SNP was caught on camera saying, frankly, what I think everybody was thinking, and he was seen uh, saying. What the fuck was that? <laughs> Same, bro. Same. Um, and he was he was asked about this and he said I made a wee mistake with what I said there, but I think I was speaking for the public. My dude, you were. My dude, you absolutely were. We kind of had no choice but to stand. Um, and and okay, so I'm not gonna stand this next person. I refuse. Um but they also had a sweary moment. They had a sweary moment. So this week during First Minister's Questions... Um, <laughs> Douglas Ross, he got he got a little upset, I guess. Um, so there were some protesters who um, were calling for an end to fossil fuel extraction at the Scottish Parliament. And they uh, started yelling during First Minister's Questions. And so things were suspended and just before they were just before the cameras went off and the mics went down and all that douglas ross could be heard yelling fuck's sake (laughs) i i guess he was real mad i mean it was in the middle of one of his questions so I, i i guess he felt a little bit you know mad about that um he did apologize for his language uh but he waited like an entire question and answer section before doing that um because i don't know i guess being cringe for like an extra few minutes before he apologized was important to him or something um okay girl (laughs) speaking of cringe conservatives conservative deputy chairman lee anderson oh my god so um This week, he said that a family in his local constituency who regularly uses the local food bank have also apparently been seen in McDonald's two or three times a week. And therefore, according to him, poverty doesn't exist. Um, I mean, firstly, I doubt that it's true that he's seen these people because how would he have time to be following these people around town? Like, what the fuck is that? Is he just, like, camping outside of McDonald's? Does he have these people under surveillance? What the fuck? Um, Even if it were true, which I doubt, but let's just pretend it was. There are more reasons to be in McDonald's than just food. So this is a, a place that has free Wi-Fi. It's heated. The food there is incredibly cheap. And so if you were struggling for money, going somewhere where there's free Wi-Fi so you can check up on anything online that you need to do. um, It should not be forgotten that a lot of um, stuff that you have to do, you know, when you're interacting with the government is online. Um, you know, if you are, for example, in, in receipt of Universal Credit, for example... That is, for the most part, done online. You're going to need access to an internet connection to be able to do that. Um, And so McDonald's is is a a place you can do that. You can just go in, buy a cup of tea, um, you know, and and you can use the Wi-Fi. It's also heated, so if you're very cold and you can't afford the heating at home, that's an option for you. Um, I was also, I was chatting to, to one of you guys, actually, um, hi Richard. Um, on, on Twitter and he pointed out as well that a lot of McDonald's restaurants have, you know, stuff for the kids in there and that, that's true. You know, um they they tend to have, you know, some toys. Some of them some of them even have like computer screens and stuff for the kids. Um, so you know, it's a place that you can just take the kids just to have a little just a little respite from from a really difficult life because someone like lee anderson is not going to understand what it's like at all he doesn't know that sometimes you, you just you just need a break even if it is you just sit there with with a cup of tea and maybe you get you know I, I, there there is a lot of, of really cheap stuff you can get for kids um in, in mcdonald's so you can get your kids a little a little something you know, you can have a warm environment to be in. There's something for the kids to do. You're out of the house. Um, you can access the internet. So you can do all of the things you need to do. Um, you know, online job searches, universal credit stuff. Um, it's, it's just, it's a little bit of a break from something really hard. And... I I don't I don't think it's it's right for them to be judged for that. But then again, I don't I don't expect any better from someone like Lee Anderson. So, um, I also don't expect any better from Kemi Badenoch, uh, who was, <laughs> she was speaking to the Women and Equalities Committee this week, in her capacity as Equalities Minister. Uh, a job in which she seems to do fuck all, Um, and she accused Labour MP Carolyn Harris of speaking from a left-wing perspective after Carolyn Harris called for a pilot on menopause leave. So so apparently, giving a shit about women going through the menopause is is left-wing only, apparently. (laughs) I mean... This is just the Tories telling on themselves. They they are making it very clear to, to women that are dealing with the menopause, we don't give a shit about you. We we don't care about you. We don't care that you're going through something really difficult. We don't give a shit. We don't want to make your life any better. We don't want to help you. So I, <laughs> I don't know who advised her to do that, but she did. Um, speaking of people that... Being advised and maybe should be advised. Although I don't know, I think maybe this is camp. Um, so Ed Miliband, Labour MP, um, he is um, he he's following the great tradition of of men called Ed, uh, with with string instruments, um, making bad music, um. So he posted a video this week and, and it's, the caption was, Next up on my hashtag GB energy tour, Mansfield. The answer, my friend, is blowing in the wind. And he's, he's playing a little guitar and he's doing a little song. Says, Do you know what? This is camp. This is camp. I'm going to allow it. This is camp. Um, after Ed Miliband stopped being the leader of the Labour Party, he seemed to have a lot more fun and take himself a lot less seriously. And I think that's a vibe. Fair fucking play. Fair play to the boy. Um <laughs> he he uh I feel like maybe he did have a great time uh being being the the leader of the Labour Party and so when he left he was like fuck it, I'm doing I'm gonna do what I want. I'm gonna have fun. And I, I, I support that. Um, hmm Boris Johnson. Oh, god, Boris Johnson, so Partygate is back in the news um, because Boris's conduct is being investigated. The final report uh, by the Privileges Committee is not out yet, but an update has been released that says Johnson must have misled Parliament over parties. Well, duh. We, uh, look, I, I know that they have to state the obvious, but like still, <laughs> we know. We know, honey. We We're aware. We know what's been going on. <laughs> um it's it's very obvious um there were also uh text messages that showed officials within downing street who struggled to justify a lockdown gathering saying things such as i'm struggling to come up with a way this one is in the rules and this person's worried about leaks of the prime minister having a piss up and to be fair i don't think it's unwarranted They all knew he was breaking the rules. They knew that. They knew that shit. They absolutely knew. And they just, they did not give a shit. It's insane. Absolutely. Brexit bendy bananas. Like, I... Girl, come on. (laughs) Speaking of things that are insane. This email... (laughs) That was uh or at least I think it's an email. Uh that that was sent to um Kirsty Blackman, who's an SNP member of Parliament. Uh, somebody sent her this and it said, May I further request that when speaking in the English Parliament, I'm saying the quiet part out loud there, the SNP members converse in English. I'm yelling because they capitalized it for no reason. Not the disgusting mispronunciations of almost every word with a vowel in it that they habitually use, which I find a gross insult and abuse of the beautiful English language. <laughs> not not this bitch simping for the English language. What the fuck? <laughs> what? Okay, okay, okay. Um... Firstly, fuck off. Secondly, see, this is a thing that gets thrown around a lot. There are a lot of people I've seen, just regular people do this. I've seen, you know, political commentators and journalists do this. I've even seen Tory MPs try this shit, pretending that they can't understand SMP, members of parliament, when they're talking. Or that they're, you know, they're difficult to understand because of their accents and because of how they... Fuck Fuck off. Like, I I can hear them perfectly well and I can understand what the fuck they're saying because they're speaking the same language I am speaking. They are not... They're not... What gross insult and abuse of the beautiful English language? Oh my God, grow up, bitch. And listen, I bet, I bet this... Absolute psychopath has not sent something like this to, like, I don't know, an MP from Manchester or something. It's very obvious what this is. It's very fucking obvious what this is. And this bullshit about the English Parliament. Get fucked. Honestly, some people just take away their internet access. Because what is that? (laughs) What is that? But it is, of course, a horrific reminder um of some of the shit that that these people get online is fucked up. Um also fucked up. Um this week the government has at last, decades later, acknowledged that it was wrong for unmarried mothers and their children to be separated um and for babies to be essentially forcibly adopted from unmarried mothers throughout the 50s 60s and 70s they have said that they're sorry for what happened but they are refusing to make a formal apology and i want to know why i want to know why i mean making an apology is free it costs them nothing and it would it would go some way to to healing all of this trauma all of these wounds that have been done to people innocent people who did nothing wrong and it's free it's literally free it's it's quick it's easy it's free just fucking do it a formal apology would cost the government nothing but it would help so many it really really would um there is um a really a really heartbreaking podcast um that I I listened to um a little while ago uh, I have no concept of time I th- I think it was like a week a week ago maybe um the new season of um committee corridor is out right now and they had a whole episode focusing on this uh because the joint committee on human rights has done a lot of work on this and hearing from not just a, a mother who went through this and had her child taken from her, but also hearing from one of the children who was taken away from their mother. It was really heartbreaking and it was very clear that a formal apology is what they want, you know, on both sides, you know, both types of people that were hurt by this. What they want is a formal apology and it, it literally cost the government nothing to do and it is baffling that they won't do it frankly um but i think it says a lot about this government frankly that they won't and it it's just really sad it, it just makes me really sad because all people want is to be heard these are these are people that went through horrific things all they want is to have their pain acknowledged seriously. And to have the government openly and formally say, we are really sorry that this was done to you. Instead, the government is just trying to brush it under the carpet and just say, look, that was wrong, but we're not saying any more than that. And I, I, I think that's so wrong. Um, so I really hope that the government will um, change their mind on that. But... I don't think they're gonna which is really sad. Um really really sad. Um complete change of subject. Sue Gray is working for Keir Starmer now. She's a Starmer person, that's her thing. <laughs> is that a thing? I don't know. Um uh, so Sue Grey who um who wrote the report on Boris Johnson's wrongdoings um, during Partygate, has now become Keir Starmer's Chief of Staff. Um, And the government is trying to frame this as... Well, basically, what it means is that her report was meaningless and that Sue Gray was conspiring with the Labour Party to get Boris Johnson out of office... And I'm sorry, but no, um, Boris Johnson did all that by himself because he's dreadful. Nobody, nobody made him have all of those fucking parties and shit. Nobody forced him to, to do that. Nobody forced him. He did that himself. All she did was basically look into what happened and then write a report on that. That was all. I... Girl. Same old delusional Boris Johnson. He never changes. He never changes. And that's why... It's infuriating that there are some people still within the Conservative Party that want him given another chance. Like, why do these people have no respect for themselves? Girl. Um, so... <laughs> um, Brexit news as well. So, the... Uh, the UK government is really happy right now, RE Brexit, because they said they've solved it. They've sorted everything for Northern Ireland. Um, Northern Ireland will now have access to um to the the single market and also to uh <laughs> to to the UK market. So it's sorted, it's sorted. They're all gonna be fine. Everything is good. They can they can they can export sausages and and parcels and things and some plants and potatoes and uh everything sorted for the pets, which is you know it's it's great news for the people of northern Ireland I'll tell you that, and I'm happy for them, I really really am. Um but it does raise some questions um from a number of people. So the Democratic Unionist Party are still not happy uh with, with this with this new deal, this new protocol. Um and they are saying it provides no basis for the Democratic Unionist Party to go back into government and that they expect Rishi Sunak to go back to the negotiating table. <laughs> I don't think you, I, I Wow, okay. Um I don't think that's gonna happen. Um it also raises a lot of questions for um for other parts of the UK. There has been a number of calls from members of parliament in Scotland as well as various parties across Scotland for special special deals for Scotland who did not actually vote for Brexit. Um and the government are basically saying no no, you can't. You can't have that. And so they're saying, well, why? Northern Ireland can have it. Why can't we have it? And the government is just like, um, well, uh, um, uh, the union's really good, don't you think? It's a really great thing. Are You're you not having a good time in the union? Come on, it's great. It's, mm, yeah very cute very gorgeous uh but there are a number of people within the Tories that now believe Brexit's over it's finished it's done um including uh Steve Baker who was very passionate about Brexit and and he has he has said this he said you bet I'm emotional because this book ends a seven year chapter of my life which I'll be glad to close he he then said that that he he suffered a breakdown and had a major mental health crisis in regards to Brexit and because of this he is is calling on MPs to back the New Deal so that it can all be over. Okay. Um, Right. Um, Also pitching in with a Weirdly similar story is uh Sarah Vine, who is uh I mean I don't really want to say journalist, but like a person who writes things. Um, and and she said in a column this week, Brexit costs me friendships and my marriage. I <laughs> sweetheart, I don't think that Brexit was the only problem in your marriage to Michael Gove, but okay. Um my I I pray Sunak succeeds so we can put this uncivil war behind us. (laughs) But like, here's the thing, here's the thing. I find it very cute that some of these people are saying, I need Brexit to be over because it's been really difficult for me. It's been really tough for me. But these were the same people cheering on, for example, the mail when they were, um, you know, targeting judges and and shit like that and calling them enemies of, of the people and shit. These are the same people that didn't give a shit when there were EU citizens here in the UK who were terrified about what all of this meant for their future. You know, they, they didn't give a shit when the, I mean, Christ, the EU settlement scheme is so flawed. Like, so, so flawed. And... and you know where was steve baker on that where was sarah vine where was their concern for people's emotions and their mental health then i'm just i'm just saying like i i wish these people all the best i really do and i hope that they will find happiness in their futures but i don't think that we should settle for a bad brexit or even any brexit just because their emotions depend on it i mean i i don't think it's healthy to allow your emotions to depend on something like that but we shouldn't be making huge decisions based on the the feelings of of these people that seems a bit insane to me Okay, besties, that's all for this week. But I will catch you again, well, very soon, actually, because we're going to be doing a reaction episode for the debate on Tuesday. Um, So I'll catch you then, I suppose. Love you, bye. I nearly wet myself then. Thanks for listening, bestie. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I will see you again next time for a new episode of... What the actual fuck is going on with this whole politics business? The, the stuff about me paddleboarding nonsense, the sea was actually closed, it was a, a red notice. You just can't call. We will not be caught with no clothes on. I've always been a completely normal UK tax Russia should go away, it should shut up. Yeah, we'll try, that's, that's a dodgy view. I don't know if you've been to Peppa Pig World, who's been to Pepper? i been to Peppa Pig World? In December, I'll be in Beijing, opening up new pork markets. I mean, seriously, what the actual fuck? Love you, bye.